Plot Mode, round 58. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by my co-co-host, Mr. Mark the Canardian Carabin. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I, so I want. I just want clarification. So co-co-host, is that, should I be drinking some cocoa or like, I got to pour out the Pepsi that I have? Or is this like your co-op co-host and you're combining it in some sort of Brangelina fashion? I just want to make sure I'm following along. Uh, you know, well, you know, we do have a guest, so I guess it's kind of like three hosts. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, picking up what you're throwing a, down. A yeah. Triforce yeah. today, All right. I guess. Makes yeah. sense. Makes yes. sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we have made space on the uh, co-op couch this week. Uh, someone from the West Coast, uh, part of a little podcast called PlayStation XP, part of the Play Some Video Games Network, Play Some Video Games Network, which I always thought was PlayStation Video Game Network, so I learned something. <laughs> uh, that is Mr. <laughs> Devin Tyus. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Happy to be here, man. Awesome. Yeah. So we've got all the coasts are represented. Uh, me in the middle. I like Malcolm in the middle. And we're going to have some fun talking about games this week. But Devin, before we get started, we want you to tell people, you know, what is your what? Is, how did you become uh, the gaming geek you are? What's your gaming origin right. story? So my gaming origin story started in like, I want to say kindergarten or first grade. I can't remember which one it was, but it was at the sleepover. And um. I got to sleep over late, and one of them was playing Nintendo. I had never seen Nintendo before. In fact, watching them play Mario was quite daunting to my little five- or six-year-old brain. I was like, what is that, and how does that work? So I wanted no parts of it. But then they switched over to Duck Hunt, and I was like, okay, I can get this. I can I can point a gun and shoot at the ducks that are flying by or the, the skeet shooting or whatnot. Um, and so I started playing that, then switched over to Mario, played a little bit of that, and like I was hooked. I would say probably within the next two months, um, I came home from school one day and I had a Nintendo and I had Mega Man and, and Metroid. So that was the origin story and it just took off from there and I've been gaming ever since. That is awesome. So I've got a question because I don't know if this is common or not, but did you try shooting the dog? Because I think every kid oh, wants absolutely. to shoot that dog eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. I want to just shoot the dog. I'm like, oh, you... but he's got to go. He's laughing at me like he's he's got to get. That's it. The first like, time that dog laughs, I think every single person tried to shoot that dog. <laughs> the first time it laughs at you, you're like, come here. <laughs> like Duck Hunt is such an uh, – an overlooked game because you have like super Mario brothers launching at the same time on the same mm-hmm. cart or whatever. And so many people are like myself included, uh, you know, Oh, the first game I played was like super Mario. So it's, it's super refreshing to hear someone be like, yeah, no, I, I like, you know, <laughs> yeah. left, left Mario in the dust. I just wanted to shoot mm-hmm. some ducks and that's, uh, that's what hooked you in. So that, that's, that's pretty awesome. Cause I loved duck hunt, but not quite as much as Mario. So, um, that's I like the the different takes on on what hooked you in, uh, and oh, and yeah. seeing the the dauntingness of uh, of Mario because yeah I mean that that is uh, it's quite shocking. Yeah, at five or six I was like that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I don't know how y'all are doing that. So I'm gonna sit back here and watch 
because y'all got that, and then I'm gonna pick up this gun and shoot at the things because that just my that my brain can take that in. That that system was probably like king of the light gun games because you had games like Gyro might have you had to shoot with the, with that mm. along with the robot. Then you had uh what was it uh Gumshoe, and oh, there was yeah. a, a bunch of other games too that were just a ton of fun. And <laughs> then it kind of died off. And of course, I think they did. Did they put um Duck Hunt? Was that a virtual console release or something like that? Yeah, yeah, it okay. was released for Wii U. You had to use a Wii remote to play it. Uh, but it, it did come out for that system and kind of a, yeah, I, I think it was virtual console or it might have been like a re-release Wii U Wear game or whatever, like an eShop game. But I, I have to fire up the Wii U, but I think you're right. I think it was virtual console and used uh, specifically had to use the Wii remote instead of like any Wii U accessory, which like, what the hell was that system? <laughs> Well, the best of both worlds, Mark. Come on. What was the Wii U? Like, Jesus. That's anyway. Yeah. Think Nintendo knows what the Wii U was. No, (laughs) I think that was the problem, right? Like they just it was like a solution waiting for a problem, and they never knew what to do with it. I was always curious, like what type of uh, you know connection they used with the Wii U gamepad, because it's almost like whoever thought like ten feet was like the (laughs) ideal distance. Like your couch, I guess. Was it? Wasn't that a proprietary uh, wireless, uh, more than likely technology or something like that? That that they they actually, I forget if it was increased or decreased the wavelengths to get minimal lag, but then it didn't go through, and that's why it was so short because the the lag from the system and the controller had to work perfectly. So it was such a weird technology. I remember reading about that years ago when the they were first kind of releasing or talking about the Wii U. And it was like, yeah, we developed this certain thing. It was like, here's normal, how normal waves travel through the air. And here's how the Wii U waves. And it was like, holy crap, this is going to be awesome. And then it was like, well, you know, I can't go to my kitchen from the living room <laughs> without this thing dropping the <laughs> signal. So it was like, why, why? If it doesn't pass the toilet test, uh, portal, it's not going to work for portable gaming. So yeah. I think right. well, it, that's the first failure the right there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we don't have any great stories of, like, Wii U gamepads dropped in toilets, so really the, yeah, really (laughs) understated problem. Oh, well. (laughs) Well, let's get started, gents. But before we do, last question, Devin, favorite console of all time? Ooh, that is a a tough one. I'm probably going to go with the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. I think that is definitely my favorite console of all time. Just the nostalgia, the memories, the just breadth of different types of games you had on that system so i'm gonna have to go with the the snes yeah if if we did a video version of this podcast this is where the video would stop and it include that Step Brothers. did we just become best friends (laughs) (laughs) and then he cut back to the show because like yes you are saying all the right things oh yeah i never owned an snes but i rented one so i guess that makes me really lame and i also rented the genesis (laughs) So I'm like the lamest person in the world. Oh, well. <laughs> the amount of Super Nintendo games that I rented from Blockbuster. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Yep. <laughs> wow. Those are good times. Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, by the time you've been like, I mean, I don't know, were games like 10 bucks to rent or something like that ridiculous? And then if you rented a system, you had to put like a, a security deposit down, which mm-hmm. was ridiculous. And it's like, this is a lot of effort. But oh, well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is that or? I mean, I'm older than you two gentlemen, but it was either that or, you know, pay for dates and, and, and you know, Nike Air Maxes that were $120. Yeah. 
that's where my money went. I was kind of a, a lapsed right. game during that taking time. Taking a taking the his sweetheart out to the picture show. That's right. That's Had to right. pay for the trolley tickets. <laughs> right. You know, you know those those dates at Alton Garden aren't cheap, man. Come on. Oh well. No, exactly. Horse yeah. and buggy home. God, I mean, it all yes. adds up. Absolutely, Mark. Yes, yes. Yeah, the gentleman carriage. Yes, <laughs> the tip. You know, the tip uh, very well. Yeah. Oh well. Um. Well, let's get into the uh the, the the meat of the show. So let's start with what we've been playing, gentlemen. So Devin, um, I think this is going to be a popular topic of the show. The first game you've been playing is a game that I think a lot of people are going to get back into. Yeah. Avengers, man, it's uh, I jumped back into that. Had the update. I I had actually just stopped playing it before the um, the Hawkeye DLC and even the the Kate Bishop DLC. I had stopped playing because I was like, I'm just gonna wait for this PS5 version. I want to play it with a uh, a much better frame rate and just see how how it goes. So I jumped back into that this Thursday when it dropped, and it looks and plays like night and day compared to the PS4 Pro version. Um. And just having a good time with it, really enjoying Kate's character. I'm not a big fan of the grind that I have to do to get her up because she, of course, starts at level one. So mm-hmm. having to regrind out all of her gear and all of that stuff, I'm not huge into that. But the story is at least interesting enough to keep me playing. And I enjoy playing as her character because if you give me a character with, with a bow and a sword, I'm, I'm set. I'm good to go. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to finishing it. So, so how did you? Because my friend tried to do the upgrade and save transfer. His son unfortunately foiled him because he started playing the PS5 version right away, and I guess it screwed their uh, the save. Uh, did you have any problems with that? No, because uh, since I was at work all day before it came out, I had saw everything that was going on with it. I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go ahead use the app push the PS5 version to my to my PS5, get home, go ahead and upload, like, that. Re, remake sure that the, the PS4 version, because I still have my PS4 and it was installed, so I just made sure that it updated, and then I booted up, it asked me to export my save, I did that, and then as soon as you boot up the PS5 version, it asked me to import, so I was good, I had I had no problem, so thank you for everyone who had issues before <laughs> I got to, so I didn't have that problem. Mercy. Yeah, I'm kind of um, thankful for the just start the game on xbox right damn like yeah (laughs) sony needs to figure that out because it's just becoming more and more of a problem especially when there's games where you can't even pull your save from the previous generation so it's like y'all y'all tripping y'all need to get that together xbox is showing you how to do it so let's just follow suit please for at least the next year while we still have cross cons cons call cross-generation games but once we don't have that it shouldn't be a much of an issue but we're yeah. still in that that time frame right now yeah xbox has what they said like a hundred thousand hours of cross backwards compatible everything and playstation's like we're trying and you know <laughs> i think a lot of people are actually really ultimately surprised it's going as smoothly as it is i remember when like that first list of games that said they weren't going to work or like oh this is just the beginning of you know games don't work and that list shrunk actually from the initial it's like i think there's not one backwards compatible game that doesn't work yet so that's that's impressive but yeah they've got their work cut out for them and i just hope nintendo's learning from all of these faux pas that everybody's making right now oh come on todd Nintendo, Nintendo doesn't, doesn't learn from anything. <laughs> they do what they want. Period. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Are we gonna yeah. get like a Switch Pro tax or something like that, where it's like it's ten dollars to upgrade your save to the Switch Pro or something? I wouldn't be surprised. Didn't they? They oh, did that with uh, the the Wii U Virtual Console. It was uh, to get it in HD or whatever. It was like here, pay two dollars for each of your NES games and five dollars or whatever it was to upgrade your Super Nintendo games, and then you can play them on your Wii U. It's like Nintendo just does what they want and we're all dumb. So we all pay what they ask us to and and then ask for more because none of us make smart decisions. No, no. Um, (laughs) Quick, (laughs) really quickly, because I'm trying to be nice to Nintendo. So, you know, I'm just trying to trying to not shed too much shade because in this instance, Sony really needs to focus on improving it. Um, But in this instance, what did you play? What mode did you play? Did you play performance? Did you play FPS? Uh, Performance all the way. If there's a performance mode, I don't care. I need my frames. After not playing games in 60 frames for so long. I refuse to go back to 30, so I don't even bother with quality modes. I have my PS5 set to the standard of performance modes. Anything that has performance mode, it just goes right in. So we'll never know any different. No, no, not, not even tempted. No, nope. not even. I, I did see they showed some of the difference, and it is kind of neat what they can actually add in with that performance mode. It was like with Hulk when he crashes the ground, the rubble, like in performance mode or the uh, the the visual quality mode. The rubble, like just physics and things like that, is phenomenal. It's just like that's a real difference, and mm. I, and I don't know if you'll just even it's like oh I'm done with it and I'll move on, but that's pretty impressive that that's it's not just a little prettier that's harder to tell. That's actually a visual distinction of having more yeah. even like the robots, the parts that are breaking off them are like more present things like that. So very cool, very cool. Yeah. Um, and and you said Kate, uh, you're playing Kate, and was Clint? Is he out now too? He is out now, but I'm just pl- I to me this game is just a single player story game. I don't even bother with the online, so I'm literally just playing the story. So this is just the next beat, and once I'm done with Kate's story, I'll play Clint's story and, and that story beat. So, yep, just playing Kate right now. Perfect. And I'm looking forward to the Maestro as the villain. He's he's a Devin. We do a a video game or a, a, a geeky media podcast called Secret Friends core and it's all about not it's not about video games because my co-host that mark co-hosts a, a star wars podcast but doesn't like video games at all except for the lego games but uh, maestro is is one of my favorite villains of all time and it's basically future hulk you know he's basically yeah. without morals and things like that so i'm glad they're i mean that's like the least likely villain i thought they would ever bring in so that's pretty cool so i, I hope it's a good fight Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, one of my boys, Kevin, who's also part of PSVG, said he really, really enjoyed the Maestro stuff. So uh, it sounds like it's good. He's a huge comic book guy. He knows all the storylines. So if he's excited, that usually means pretty good things. Awesome. Uh, so I, I will tell you, the next game you, you've you been playing is a game I actually loaned to my neighbor because I have kind of just forgot about this game. It's kind of not been on my radar, Mark. You know, I talked about that, that Immortals kind of uh, went above it. You 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 played far more than I did. But um, so are you getting back to the uh, to AC Valhalla or is it something uh, you've been playing all along? No, this is actually the beginning of me starting it. Um, when it first dropped, I was playing other stuff. I was playing Miles. Um, I actually played some Immortals, uh, Godfall. I was just playing other stuff. And I was like, after hearing about how long this game is and how it feels like it never ends and you can't finish the story, I was like, I am just going to put this on the back burner, 
not even worry about it till like, I get like a nice lull and just kind of dip in and out of it just just to see how how I like it or whatnot. And I have literally only played the very very beginning of it. Um, and it's because I have a, a game share partner who who bought it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even played it. So I dipped into it. It's it's cool. I play, I picked the forgot what the female character's name is. Avor. I picked the female. They're both they're both like. same name. Okay, just well, I picked the female, female yeah. version just because it looked like it'd be more interesting. Um, but just in the very beginning of it, and it looks pretty. It feels like Assassin's Creed, and I'm looking forward to murdering some things as a Viking. So, yeah. Get out of! I would say get out of like Norway. Is it Norway that you're in? You're, yeah, Build, Norway, and then you go to England. Yeah, leave there as soon as possible. It's a <laughs> trap because I I finally left it after like 12 hours, 20 hours, something. That the game doesn't even get like title screen. I don't think until you do leave it. So yeah, don't mm-hmm. stick around. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. can go back. So I was kind of worried because I knew you did transition to, you know, the, the different place, and I was like, so do I have to? hit every single part do i have to go and explore all these you know you see little villages and tops of mountains and stuff and anytime in a, an assassin's creed game i see a top of a mountain i was like i'm going up that sucker mm-hmm. uh so in this one no yeah you can you can go back so um yeah so yeah you don't 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 be afraid to to move on to a new area because like you said if you do start picking at everything you will just straight up never finish that game. And and I, I hit a part in it when I was just like, I just have to stop my little squirrel brain from going in a million directions and just focus on story beats, or I am mm-hmm. never going to like want to touch this game again. So yeah, but it is good. It is good. Murder, murder stuff yeah. with the, uh, as a Viking, it's always fun. Nice. Yeah. I'll take, I'll, 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 I'll try to mainline this one as much as possible because i don't feel like being stuck in the world forever trying to you know finish the ubisoft i've got four thousand things on this map to complete type of thing i'm I'm noticing a trend the games you're playing though you you like games that just kind of never end so division two it's still alive and kicking yeah uh i actually did not play this one a whole lot from from uh like when it started but me and a couple of my friends, we started getting back to like our Thursday night game night to where we play together. And so this has been on my Thursday night game. So whenever we we get together on Thursday, we've been playing the Division 2 because it's four of us. So it's easier. We were trying to figure out what game could we all play. At first, it was just three. So we were playing like Destiny. We played uh, Outriders or whatnot. But then our fourth was like, yeah, I'm available. So I was like, all right, cool. We're going to play the Division because it allows all four of us to play. So we've just been going through that basically from the beginning of the game and just playing together, having a good time, not paying any attention to the story, just trying to get gear, kill things, talk a lot of trash to each other um, and uh, level up. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been very cathartic cathartic for me just with a lot of life stuff that's been happening this thursday night has been like really really good for me and this game is like the perfect just chill out play with your friends type of game that's that's Fortnite for me play with my friends my nephew whatever just kind of mindlessly going around shooting other people and having some fun yeah is that cross play uh or is it just still kind of siphoned in by by each platform I think the division has crossplay, but only between PC and Stadia. Um, oh. I think those are the only one. Yeah, it's really weird. It's the only one that actually has the crossplay. I believe there's talks of opening it up to to crossplay between all of the consoles, but right now the only crossplay you have is is a uh, PC and Stadia, which is just 
a weird combination, but it is what it is. Are we at the end of that? I mean, it, it just seems like Destiny's finally going to get cross-play in the fall. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, is that just kind of one of those things Just you just can't launch anymore without that? Because I know Outriders is launching with day one cross-play. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, any other big games? I mean, does Call of Duty do cross-play? In, is that cross-play now, yeah. too? Okay. It is, yeah. yeah. Call of Duty is full cross-play across all the platforms. I mm-hmm. believe Fortnite is now, too. Yeah. I think Apex is as well. Um, uh, Apex, can, can you play cross? Oh, yes, you can, but it's not cross-save. Yeah, oh, okay. it's, it's which yeah. is yeah. boggling to my poor little mind. But yeah, I I think we have to be on the way out, right? Like it just makes so. so much more sense from a business standpoint. Like you, yeah. you want player base. The 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 biggest player base you can to continue because no matter how big your game is at whatever time, that is going to drop down it is going to become that core player base that's going to stick around and the bigger that can be the more chances you have of your game not dying quickly and you know it doesn't matter if you're the most popular game in the world uh you're eventually going to drop off and you need that you know if (laughs) if if you're only hosting whatever if you know several thousand players on each platform that's going to be way harder than combining those several thousand players to you know maybe hit at least a decent number that doesn't mean you're you're constantly stuck in a lobby searching for someone to play with or whatever so it just it makes right. so much sense that way i just i i don't know what their excuses yeah. are i think the developers are, have all been good with crossplay. I think it honestly has been Sony that's been holding it back, not wanting to go that extra route. Um and I think they're finally allowing that to happen. I think Outriders will be the first like real showing of how good crossplay can be since it is mm. fully crossplay, but also not cross save, which is odd. Don't know why they didn't include that as well, but at least you will have full crossplay from the beginning with literally every platform that it's on. So that'll be real nice. And hopefully more games will follow suit. Yeah, I mean, cross-save is the dumb one because that encourages you to buy the game on multiple systems. So it's mm-hmm. like, of the things that would make you to buy, I don't know. I, I don't know if any of it t- is tied to, like, the currency and the buying of things. I know, Mark, you've talked about Fortnite in a way. You buy your V-Bucks or whatever console you're at, and then your stuff does show up except for maybe a few console-exclusive things. Uh, no, the, so console-exclusives, like if I log on to my PlayStation account and they're doing something with PlayStation Plus that they're giving away a free skin or a pickaxe or something, like that, as soon as I collect it on my PlayStation, I can log in on Switch or Xbox oh, really? or wherever, okay. and it'll be there. Uh, hmm. Just if I buy V-Bucks on PlayStation, they, they are locked to my PlayStation. I can't go to my Xbox where I usually play. And so that that kind of became a pain in the ass as I was switching around uh, because I, I'd started playing the game on Switch and, you know, for the portability. And then like COVID happened. So I was like, well, I might as well play on a console. And uh, then I sold my Xbox One X and started playing on PlayStation. And then I kind of dropped the PlayStation when I got the Series X. So it's like, <laughs> I've got V-Bucks just everywhere. And uh, some of them I, because then, you know, you get down to like 200 V-Bucks and you get a decision between just leaving them there to rot because nothing costs 200 V-Bucks or like topping it up. And it's it's that, you know, perpetuating cycle of like, okay. It's like well, the Xbox have... Space Bucks, right? It used to it's, be that way. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a pain yeah. in the ass. 
Destiny has the same problem with its silver. Whenever you buy silver, it stays whatever platform you buy it on. So I've basically designated my PC as where I buy things <laughs> and don't even bother with the currency on the other platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my fun, my son, who's now a Destiny addict, telling me all the things that are wrong with Destiny 2 and telling me all the lore. Oh, my goodness. He's, I've created a monster, 15-year-old kid with too much time on his hands. It's a dangerous thing. <laughs> but yeah, he begged for the Destiny uh, two season pass. Which I'm like, Destiny is a season pass now? Oh my god. So yeah. Yep. So yeah, the the silver thing and do you do you buy do you buy money because you just can't buy the season pass outright. You have to buy silver to then buy you it. I buy this. No, you if oh, you have can? silver, you can buy the oh. season passes with it, but otherwise you just, you okay, just buy so the season pass. He 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 took me down a path then. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? Oh well. Yeah. Uh yeah. I, I'm so now I probably like silver change or something. Like I probably have like twenty one silver that will do nothing ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, everything is at least five hundred silver. It's ridiculous. Mm. Oh my goodness. Oh well. Well, uh, it's good to hear that I have the Division 2 on PlayStation 4. I've always wanted to play. Maybe I'll try it out. I mean, I've got it, so yeah. it doesn't mean anything. So. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to try it. The only thing that made me laugh, it just seems like those guys are like big guys you try to take down. It's like, it's guys with hoodies and guys with some art. It's like, wait, how is that like an armor-proof hoodie or something? I don't know. I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm emptying several clips into you, and you have on <laughs> a jumpsuit, so... And it's got to be a, like a uranium jumpsuit you got on there, but good lord. Yeah, yeah, kind of takes you out of it. But that, it's still it's supposed to be a great game though, but that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, Mark, uh, mm-hmm. you're next, my friend. Uh, you're playing a game that uh, you must be Batman crazy with all the Justice League, the Batman coming to Fortnite, the comic. My goodness. So you're playing Arkham Knight. Oddly enough, not related to any of that other stuff. Oh? Uh, no. Um, so. On Xbox for for Game Pass, so in the Game Pass app or on, on your phone or, or wherever, they, they'll give you missions. So you have like quests or whatever, right? So you complete your daily quest, your weekly quest, your monthly quest, and it gives you basically just like free points that you can then spend. So I always cash in my points for like, you know, free Xbox gift cards or to enter contests or whatever. Um so that's actually I was kind of listening to the Xbox Drive and they were talking about I forget who asked the question, but someone wrote in and asked the question of how do you narrow down your games on on Game Pass to play? Like, how do you decide what the next game you're going to play is? And uh, the way I've been doing it for like the last little bit is going in, seeing what quests I have that week or that month and saying, well, I either haven't played this game in a long time, which was the case with uh, with Batman, uh, or I've never played this game. So let me download it, see what it's all about, see if I can get that quest, get the 100 points or 200 points. <sighs> Excuse you. me. Uh, so, you know, 100 points, 200 points, whatever it is. And, uh, and, you know, maybe I'll discover some new games. Maybe I'll rediscover an old game that I never quite finished, it, embarrassingly enough, like Batman Arkham Knight. And uh, so that's kind of how I jumped into this. There was a quest, I think it was Defeat 50 Thugs, and I did that in like a half hour or less, (laughs) and it did not take long. And then I was like, man, this game is really good. I never quite finished it. I think it's time to get back in. Uh, So I started Fresh Save File, and that's kind of what I'm I'm rocking through right now. It it completely pulled me back in. Oh, I wish I could go back and play that game fresh. 
So good. So good. It's it's almost fresh for me at this point because I played it when it first came out and then kind of dropped it for whatever reason and uh, and haven't gone back. So this is not not quite super fresh, but it, like I'm I'm relearning a lot. Like the, the the muscle memory is not quite there. I do remember some of the story beats and whatever, but uh, yeah, it was it was definitely almost jumping in fresh. Uh, so it, it's, it's been a fun experience. I think I'm going to stick with it and, and really try to finish it this time and focus. Uh, but speaking, you did mention Fortnite, and, uh, I have been rocking the Batman skin there to get ready for the Batman crossover comic. Fortnite just started a new season, season, uh, chapter two, season six. And, uh, this one is, is taking the Island back to like primal. So they, they had this crazy, cinematic story mode to kick off this season that tied season five to season six. It was a single player story for the first time. Um, really, really well animated, well voiced. Uh, it was, it was really, really cool. Uh, so you jump in there, you find like the zero point, this big thing in the sky is going to explode and there's all this kind of crazy action and everything else. Uh, and then it leads right into this new season where the Island is, like I said, kind of, uh, turned into the wild so there's there's hints that there's going to be dinosaurs later this season which i am so <laughs> pumped about uh but right now there's like chickens wild boars frogs and wolves that you can tame and you can just like straight up just run with a wolf on your team and the wolf goes and attacks people and they are savage uh so are the wild boars don't mess with those uh <laughs> i'm, I'm then, curious about the frogs the frogs uh when you kill them they drop poison sacks that you can combine so now there's God. weapon crafting not only like building your your little uh, defenses oh, and stuff man. there's some weapon crafting so you can actually combine poison uh frog parts with your bow and arrow and if you've seen some of the clips that i've posted on instagram or twitter uh do not give me a bow and arrow and expect another team to live they're just they're not it's not going to work um I, i've been picking off like crazy distance headshots with uh, with the bow and arrow it's it's great um <laughs> oddly enough i actually i did it with uh my captain marvel skin and said hawkeye's been training her and then i did it with my batman skin and said green arrow's been training uh training batman so um yeah it's it's a it's it's fun a lot of people are kind of pissed off with and i can understand like there's so much now you have to get your regular materials but also you have to get the crafting materials to make your guns better and the base guns suck and there's not enough uh you know like top tier guns scattered around because they want you to try to build them instead of just finding them. And it's, um, it has gotten more complex. And then there's other little weird bugs that always happen at the start of a season, like different storm glitches and stuff like that. So it's, um, not the smoothest opening for a season, but I, I've been having a little bit of fun with it. It's, uh, it's kind of cool. You may have just sold me on Fortnite. <laughs> Oh, Mark, right. Mark, the sponsors yeah. are coming through. When you talk about like weapon crafting book, right? and running with the wolf, oh yeah. Yep, yep. You can also uh, fly like with, um, with a chicken. When you catch a chicken, you hold it above your head and fly like Link. Like Link's uh, I was going to say like Link. Oh, no. There's, there's some rumors that Link is going to come into Fortnite, actually, Why? because – the the chickens there's a, a someone posted a video in a group that i'm in uh that they said when you pick up a certain item it sounds like collecting a ruby i'm not quite sold on that one but anyway conspiracy theory stuff but there is and i did confirm this cars on a beach and they're kind of buried in the sand um 
but each car is colored like the different color rupees in Zelda, and they're kind of forming um, like a weird kind of diamond shape kind of thing buried in the beach. So I've never seen cars colored like that, and it, it is a really weird coincidence with the flying chickens. Um, so if they throw Link into this season, like stick a fork in me, I'm done. I already have Master Chief, like Kratos, like let's let's go, let's let's throw Link in there. I haven't downloaded. All right. I haven't started it yet, but now that you told me there's a single player beginning part to it and Mm -hmm. I can craft weapons, let's go. Fun (laughs) fact, the uh, the uh, the trailer for season six was directed by the Russo brothers who directed the Avengers. This is insane. This isn't even a game anymore. It's like it it is weird. I I don't even know what to explain. This started as yeah, that that trailer leads like it cuts directly into where you start playing so the part that they directed like literally there's just it just kind of the camera kind of spins and you're suddenly controlling the person so it's uh it switches to in-game but yeah very like i said very well directed well animated and well voiced um it's it it was a a cool start to the season for sure um yeah I'm, i'm looking forward to playing more uh i've also been playing a little bit of rocket league and it's uh it's for a weird reason tomorrow and thursday night so by the time people listen to this i guess tomorrow will have passed um but i'm actually doing commentary for a rocket league tournament which is uh very exciting i've never done like live commentary before so there's um there's like a sports promotion uh company here in atlanta canada and uh, they just launched an esports division called alpha experience atlantic uh, and you can follow them on Twitch or wherever and check them out. But uh, this is their first big tournament, and uh, they have, um, yeah, some some really great talented Rocket League players uh, attending this, and uh, and then a schmuck like me behind the mic. So it's uh, it's gonna be <laughs> that fun. is it's phenomenal. Really I just thought cool. it was like a a cover for like mark sex party or something like that but you're really doing <laughs> rocket league commentary that's fantastic dude. i really am no I, I it's uh i am super excited about it, it starts uh, like i said tomorrow tuesday so by the time people listen to this um you know that the first day will be over but thursday would be the the finisher uh starts at 6 p.m atlantic time so that would be five eastern and you can adjust your times from there um but I, i'm super excited man i i am we we did a test run the other night and uh, it went really well, and so I'm 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 really excited to just like try it live and, and have that kind of pressure and and whatever. But uh, you know, I'm I'm used to podcasting, I'm used to talking about video games, but like the live commentary stuff is throwing a whole other wrench at me, and uh, I'm I'm pumped. Do you have like another smart. person with you, like a like another yes. college, yep. commentator with you? Okay, cool. That's yep. that's gonna be dope. Yeah, there's uh, yeah. So there's two uh, there's two like color commentators and uh, and then one kind of like host kind of in between everything. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be really, really cool. Uh, it's the, the commentators are me and a guy named Omar. He's from, I think, Toronto or somewhere in Ontario. Uh, and he usually does smash stuff. Uh, like smash commentating. So the, both of us are pretty new to the rocket league side of things, but we've both been playing rocket league forever. So uh, even like during our test run, like we were just bouncing off of each other and it's uh, we, we have a really fun dynamic, I think. So I'm, I'm interested to see what it's like. So um, 
yeah, Omar's uh, Omar's a pretty great guy. So I'm I'm very excited. Nice, nice. That's fantastic. So will they save like streams? Uh, will they save the stream for watching later? Or? I'm really hoping so. I, I don't have confirmation on that one. I'm, I'm guessing because they want this to be a thing. You know, they're they're really pushing to to do some sort of esports uh, in a big way in Atlanta, Canada, because right now we don't really have anything more than like a couple of college clubs and that kind of stuff. So um yeah, I, I'm guessing they're going to say this and promote the hell of it and uh, and, and really kind of be like, you know, here's here's the first thing we did uh, now. You know, we'll show that off and, and be able to do something else. So uh, hopefully this is the start of something much bigger. So, yeah, go follow uh, Alpha X Atlantic on Twitter and wherever else and uh, follow them on on Twitch if you want to check out the show. Fantastic, man. Let's see. Well, I will get into what I've been playing now. Uh, so playing some odd games. These are just not games I would normally play. Uh, Todd and Hitman stealth games do not normally go together, but everyone has been talking about Hitman 3 like, oh, this is the game you need to get into. It's a series that's fantastic. It's not punishing stealth. It's it's pretty open. It's the third game. It's not even the third game in the series, I don't think. I mean, Hitman came out a long time ago, but that yeah. was relaunched, I think, in 2016. They had Hitman then came out as like an episodic game. Then they got away from that. Now it's back to standard uh, standalone Hitman, but it's the last game, I guess, in the Hitman story, which considering how well this is doing means that this is not the end. So they'll pull him back in like the Godfather. Uh, but essentially, uh, this is an interesting game because it's very welcoming. Like for third game of the series, I mean, they walk you through kind of where where you've been. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, previously on. So which is great. Walks you right into it. I know Ian that you go into this first mission. No spoilers. You're basically going into like one of those super ultra high rises in like Dubai where it's like taller than it really ever should ever be. Like it's an affront to mankind. And you're basically there (laughs) to take out someone. Uh, and then you're doing some – you basically can get intel as well. There's side missions that you can go through. But um, I was really remarkably surprised how easy it is to uh, do everything because sometimes the games that are uh, stealthy are clumsy. It feels like you get hung up on something you get easily discovered. This one made it feel like you you could kind of screw up a couple of times and not totally lose. I mean, it's all about subduing people, tossing them in closets, uh, hopefully getting the right outfit on. You could walk around naked if you really wanted to. Uh, you could do whatever you want. I always really want to, Todd. Oh, I mean, of course. Uh, but it's, <laughs> I mean, and you can use whatever type of weapon you want. And my goodness. If you see any, thank you, Mark. I'm, I'm trying to be professional. <laughs> I just really wanted to see if here? I could throw you off there. No, I'm, I'm on my train right now. I'm just avoiding you. <laughs> The a hobo on the side of the street trying to hitchhike on that train. No, nope, no, nope, not getting you. But um, <laughs> but if you've seen any videos for Hit- Hitman, it's just crazy. Some of the things they try to break the game, like somebody basically decides to make a closet full of bodies. He just puts like 50 people in a closet and just launching them in there. They're not always dead. They can just be knocked out for own purposes. But That's the kind crazy. of person that needs to be on an FBI watch list. I'm just saying. Oh, like, it's so a little crazy. Just, well, you're, you're Hitman, Mark. Come on. Little suspect, little suspect. Yeah. <laughs> but the physics are kind of crazy. Like you get like a briefcase and you can throw it and it curves and still hits the person. So it's a very like <laughs> realistic, but not realistic game whatsoever. You can dress up like a clown and kill people. It's very weird. Um, but the first mission was fairly easy. I had a good time. 
And the second mission, though, is where it takes a departure from what I thought the series could ever do. It's essentially a real live clue, like um, murder mystery, where you're brought in to investigate basically a murder. You play as a detective. You basically knock out the detective that was brought in to solve a mis- a murder, but you take him out and you basically you're investing the getting the crime, kind of like a, a knives out type of situation, which I thought was really clever. I never expected it. It's an old mansion. Um, yeah, it's really and you do investigation and it's really interesting. But it, once again, it's got really weird stuff like side missions like you have to take care of birds that are driving the woman that owns this this mansion nuts so you have to get rid of the bird nests and you only have bricks so you try to throw the bricks at the nest it's like why am i doing this it makes no sense but i i know why they do it because they want to add like a lot of interesting elements of how you do things but that's where i'm at my son is also playing it which surprises me but it was interesting to watch what his approach to it that's what this is all about this your approach to every mission can be completely different like i've seen people beat missions in like five seconds like just going boom boom kill your other people are like doing elaborate plots so it really is a choose your own adventure in in how you take your hits and and get your intel and things like that so um i've got it through gamefly and i'm really enjoying it so i'm gonna try it some more but i could see where and, and the save points are generous holy crap they're super generous it's save anywhere so ultimately you can experiment as much as you want which is what i love about modern gaming save anywhere it's not punishing you, like making you do the same thing 85 times, which I think past stealth games made you do. So um, if you're curious, though, check it out. Um, I would and, – and I think previous Hitman games were on PS Plus or Xbox Gold, so you might own it, like the old ones. So if you do, check it out. It's, it's well worth playing. Interesting. Yeah. Next game – and you're like, Todd, what are you talking about? Are you secretly a brony? No, I'm not. But <laughs> Pony Island is a game <laughs> – the reason I'm playing it is because uh, Xbox Game Pass for PC finally got EA Play. Came came this week or last week, um, and it's amazing. I did not realize how many games were on the the EA Play service for PC. It's like double what's on Xbox, mm-hmm. and the amount of wow. games that's interesting, indies and things like that. It's really immersive and it's really amazing. So Pony Island was a game I had heard about, which is like one of those. It's like kind of like an Undertale game where it plays with you in a way where it really manipulates what you're thinking. And essentially you're playing a game called Pony Island. I don't know why, but it's like this really weird, like in television, uh, Atari 50, uh, 2600 type of game. And it starts off and you're basically doing some traversal, basically little pony jumping over things. And all of a sudden the game starts acting very weird. Like it is glitching, start menus as you try to go through the start menus they start moving around um uh little things come up in the background you get glitches and it's essentially a what's that show black science is it is it what it's called dark science it's like a x it's it's like a x files type show um yes black mirror that's what Hmm. it is so it's like a black mirror but with video games it hmm. totally goes off the rails. It's creepy. It's weird. But it's in the guise of this game that someone created called Pony Island. It's like a My Little Pony type of thing. Hmm. But the <laughs> puzzles are really uh, – they kind of break your brain a couple of times. Like you're just going – like you have to solve how to go through the options menu, and you do different things. The the menu starts falling apart. <laughs> you have to re-piece it. Oh, oh, wow. It is really crazy, but it's on – 
it's been out for a while, and I think it would be perfect on Switch. Um, mm-hmm. It's really there. I mean, I, I it's not very long, but um, the puzzles have gotten a little bit daunting, and it's kind of tiresome after a while. Kind of like I'm just exhausted. I want this to get over with because I know where I want to do, but I'm not getting there. So, but I mean, if you're interested, looking for something that's a little bit deeper and different, Pony Island, check it out. If you're if you're a Sony pony looking to play a pony game on Xbox <laughs> on PC, this is the one for you. Absolutely. It's endorsed by Shuhei Yoshida. He looks awesome. <laughs> um, next game, check that out. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. It's a small game, and it's, but it's you know, and it probably will take you no more than two to three hours. So it's worth it. Or just try it out, and you're like, this is horrible. I'm moving on. Um, Morrowind. I decided to try this game. I remember playing this game originally on PC back in the day when it launched, and I didn't like it then. For some reason, it just didn't grab me. Um, it was kind of like how old PC games used to be, kind of like um, just the, the, the ability to get into them was kind of daunting at points because it felt like everything's available to do, but you don't really know what to do. So you kind of like you either can dig in and spend a lot of time doing it or you don't. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try this now that, it, you know, the Bethesda games are all on Game Pass. It's on PC. Um, now, this game has not aged well at all. And this is going to be the top <laughs> show uh, that we'll talk about later. Basically, backwards, compatibil- back- backwards compatibility, remakes, remasters, etc. This is one of the games that I feel like no amount of FPS boost will make this game better. There's very <laughs> little voice work. The uh, menu system is very bland. It is just the way the people move. Um Ah, wow. I know people are doing like a mod of this game called Skywind, where basically they put Morrowind in the Sky, uh, the Skyrim engine. But I'm not a big fan of mods either, because it's ultimately it's a lot of work to get to to, to be uh, useful and manageable. So I gave this one about an hour and said, I never want to play this game again. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a 20 year old game. So. It is what it is. Some things have not aged well. But, yeah, if you're interested. So I'm going to try um, uh, Oblivion next, though. Okay. But what I can't figure out, though, and this is where it's interesting, where you get into the differences between Game Pass for Xbox and PC. On the PC, you get the Game of the Year edition. On Xbox, you get the base game, and you can buy all the DLC. Oh. I don't know why. It's so interesting. Interesting. It looks okay. I mean, I've started that a little bit, and I, I'm, I'm interested, but it feels more like Skyrim than Morrowind does. So that, that's my wheelhouse, So, and I've never really played much of it at all, so I'm, I'm interested to try that one out. So more cool. there. Yeah. And lastly, gentlemen, I got the Xbox headset that they just released, $100. Um, it is pretty cool. I've really enjoyed it. Um, my work headset died, so it's just in time. This uh, is works with Bluetooth and the Xbox wireless connection uh, protocol, and it's really neat because it's very simple. Um, it's a one-piece headset, so it doesn't fold up or anything. Uh, just basically uh, expands a little bit if you've got a bigger head. Uh, charged with USB-C, has a mute on the mic, and then basically all your controls are on two big wheels on the side. So one is just overall volume. The other one is game chat or audio uh, for game video or game audio. So it's really easy to do, which is great. Um, and then you can use uh, the Xbox and the Bluetooth connection at the same time. So if you want to do use Discord That's cool. on Xbox and listen to your game audio, both will come through. Um, so I think it's really neat. It's That's useful. Cool yeah. There's no yeah. 3.5 uh, 
uh, uh, connection, and there's no dongle. So it's completely dongleless, which is a weird thing to say. Um, but the problem with that is there's no way to use this on Switch natively. Mm-hmm. There's no way to use this on PS, uh, the PlayStation platforms natively. Um, so it's only good for Xbox mobile devices or devices that have Bluetooth natively, and uh, which is dumb because PlayStation has Bluetooth but doesn't allow Bluetooth headsets. Damn you, Sony. Um, yeah, so it's it's a weird mix. There's really only really a few good, completely universal headsets. This is not one of them, but I think it's great for what it does. I used it for, as my work headset with my PC. worked flawlessly. So uh, the mic is really small, though. It's not very long. So hmm. it's I don't know how well that affects people hearing me. Um, but compared like the Sony headset, which is no boom boom mic at all, which apparently it's supposed to be really good as well. So I don't know. I, I'm glad that we have two really good, affordable first party headsets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The uh, the the being able to mix Bluetooth and Xbox at the same time is is something that's definitely appealing to me. Um, if I wasn't so happy with my Steel Series. Um, I'd think about grabbing this uh, specifically just because uh, last weekend I jumped in with uh, with Sean Capri's stream and there were a few of us playing um, Star Wars Squadrons and he because he was doing a stream he wanted the audio to be coming in through Discord so I had uh, one of my AirPods in one ear and my Steel Series like off that ear and on one ear and it was like trying to balance between the two and um i was still racking up the kills but uh you know don't come at me with an x-wing um or a tie fighter uh <laughs> but <laughs> but uh you know it was it was a weird kind of balance right like is that that one ear each kind of thing so if you could have that piped in the same headset um i think that's that's a, a much better experience so yeah very cool yeah i had the experience headset do you have I just have the uh, Arctis One X, the Xbox version, oh. that with the the dongle that switches back and forth. I didn't yeah, know um, that the 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 other ones. It was the Seven X. Seven X has the same dongle that I I I would have gotten a better headset, but I I thought this was the only one that worked on Switch, Xbox, whatever. So um, I'm happy with it, but I uh, I kind of wish I I jumped up a level. Wait, so yeah, you you I'm said you have the same one. I'm a big Steel Series fan. I actually have the Steel Series Pro um, oh, with nice. the game deck, so oh. I can have it USB into my PlayStation or Xbox or whatever, and then also pull optical audio mm. to actually be able to chat and everything on both systems. So wow, well, no longer right. They removed Damn. the optical, right? No, no, the game deck has optical, so I have. I also have an audio extractor, oh, okay. which allows me to pull ah, that out. Okay. So. Wow. I got a whole crazy setup here, so like, I can chat on PC and Xbox or PC and Xbox or PlayStation all at the same time using this mic here, and then wow. also the mic that's actually in the headset gotcha. and hear both. Wow. Holy crap! Yeah. That's amazing. And 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 Switch, you've got the Squid dongle. Essentially, well, that's why I love this headset, man. It works with the Switch. I have the the dongle that just works with the Switch. I just hit the the little switch on the dongle, and it works there. I can plug it into my Xbox and flip it to Xbox mode, and it works there. So that's why I love this headset. Yeah. And and I'm using it right now, plugged into my my microphone as uh, you know, just with the the 3.5 millimeter jack, uh, and it works here, just plugged directly into my my Yeti. So, um, super versatile headset, but. Um, yeah, the blue is much more elegant. 
Yes, yes, yes for yes. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. It was funny. My when I was in a uh, when my son was using these headsets and it was still for the Xbox and it was plugged into my PC still. He was hearing all the PC noises into his Xbox. I'm like, Dad, can you remove it? So it's like, yeah, it's one of those unintended moving things off of Bluetooth. So, yeah, it's great. Check it out. I, I think it's well worth it if you own, you know, PC and those type of systems. So check it out. It's 100 bucks. Um, it should be available in stores now. All right, we're going to get into news now. It was a long gaming session, but it was a lot of fun. I think we covered a lot of territory there. But uh, news is going to be a little shorter this week. We didn't have a lot of news stories. We obviously, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff last week we we didn't weren't going to cover, but we talked about most of those news stories previously, like the X the the Xbox Bethesda merger. We talked about that already. Pretty much covered it. It's just basically at this point, if you've got Game Pass, you're going to get a lot of great Bethesda games going forward, and that's all you have to worry about. So if yep. you don't, PlayStation. Don't worry about it until Xbox will do what they want to do with those games. So wait until we see what happens. Um, very quickly, though, um, there's going to be an indie event coming to Xbox this week, which I was not expecting. It's on a Friday, which is another weird thing. Usually events are like mm-hmm. on Thursdays. Right? Um, but it's, any any predictions with that? Because it's going to be indie games. So, But there are indies aren't always small. Uh, I think we're going to get uh, more showings of a lot of games we've been expecting, like Tunic and things like that. But mm-hmm. any predictions for games we might see being announced and on Game Pass? Uh, I don't know. I, they, they, they dropped such a surprise uh, with... Um, was it Undertale they just dropped? And mm-hmm. then um, what was the other one? Uh, Bravely Default? or what, Yeah. Is that what it was? Or Octopath Traveler? Uh, oh, it was Octopath Traveler. Traveler. Yeah. Octopath, Octopath, yeah. yeah. Um, so Xbox is doing some weird stuff. Uh, I'm really hoping to see, like you said, more of Tunic and more of the Gunk. Uh, those are two of my oh, pretty much most anticipated uh, indie games. So uh, as far as new stuff, it's so hard to predict. Indies are, are so all over the place and, and so neat that it's it's hard to say what's coming. Um, I know a big one most people are, are clamoring for right now, and I think I, I just have a feeling that it'll drop on Switch first, but that's Loop Hero. Uh, mm-hmm. But if Xbox grabbed that one first, that'd be another big win for them on the indie side, right? That, uh, that I don't think a lot of people see coming, would see coming right now. But uh, what about you guys? Oh, I, I honestly don't have what? any predictions, sorry, because uh, I don't follow the indies anywhere near as much. The only thing that I saw was that they debunked Hades coming, um, oh, okay. which I thought was that was my only prediction is that Hades was going to come. But they debunked that one. And it's just weird how they put out the graphic. Really? It just had just like random stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have any other predictions, but I would love to see Tunic. And um, the gunk was another one that I completely oh, yeah. forgotten about. So those those would be really nice to, to see. I mean, we ain't we haven't seen Tunic in what it feels like forever. No, it's been a while. No, and I think Mark's gonna try to hook us up with with uses Canadian connections. Maybe. Maybe. I was just gonna say if I don't hear about Tunic soon, I'm driving up to Halifax yeah. and I just like trying to find that guy. Just <laughs> knock on his door, and be like, Yo, where's my cute little Fox Zelda game? I need it. Just just give me. Okay, I'm gonna I'll I'm gonna say it. this. I'm gonna say this. I think all these <laughs> games will be announced. And I think they'll all be on Game Pass. I think that's a big deal because, I mean, you just don't have Xbox doing this without some type of uh, – and I think that's great for indies because it's probably cheap for Xbox to do that, make the make the money, and the developers like it because they actually get paid. So I think it's a big deal. Plus it gets publicity for the games. But I think we're going to get Among Us and Fall Guys are going to be announced to be on Game Pass. I know those are games that are coming, 
but yeah, they haven't been announced yeah. for Game Pass. So I think this mm-hmm. didn't happen. Yeah, there's That's definitely a good call. been some little hints for 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 Fall Guys for sure. So yeah. that would be a good one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, indie's a little bit harder because sometimes it's like I think the the big indie game that people forget is indie is the Stalker series. I'm like, that's an indie game. Yeah, it's big, but it's an indie game. So yeah, cool, cool uh, things to look forward to. Man, we've kind of been blessed with news, uh, thankfully, mm-hmm. and hope we'll get more coming soon. Uh, but we're going to get into the the, the media story, and Devin, I I'm really curious about this. Uh, so tell us more about your story. Yeah, so Sony bought Evo. Um, lots of jokes out there that you know Sony was like, just buy me something, get me anything. <laughs> Microsoft bought, but that, we gotta buy something. Um, so they didn't buy Quibi. Was Why just, did they buy Quibi? <laughs> God, Quibi. Ugh, that takes mm, yes. me to a place, but yes. um. It was it was interesting to see them buy Evo. Um, they have their tournament series that is always going on PS4. Like you constantly, I constantly see it that they have some tournament going for either Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or this or that. So it seems like a natural progression. Um, Street Fighter was like uh, exclusive to PlayStation and PC. Like Street Fighter, I think it was five or four. So to see them go ahead and just come full circle and buy Evo outright. Uh, it seems like a natural progression with how much they've actually hyped this tournament series of always having some kind of fighting tournament going on. So I'm really excited to see what they do with Evo. I love watching fighting games. I love watching Street Fighter. Uh, the new Guilty Gear game looks incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm still holding out that Darkstalkers will one day make a return. Um, Samurai Showdown. Like I, I just I love those games. It takes me back to my to being in the arcades, honestly. Um, so I'm really excited about them purchasing this and just excited to see where they are able to take Evo um, with all of the craziness that's been happening with like the fighting game community, with the Smash community, everything. I'd like to see what Sony, a Sony, you know, backed Evo actually does. Mm-hmm. Nintendo said with Smash, they're just going to kind of sit on the sideline and figure out what they want to do because that's what Nintendo does. They do mm-hmm. whatever it is they want to do. So Smash will not be part of Evo. But it'll be very interesting to see what kind of partnerships Sony makes and what they do with it going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting, like you said, it was funny to joke about it. Like, yeah, to me, it was, yeah, it was like your grandmother gives you $5 to buy any toy that you want, but you're in the grocery store. So it's like, what the hell am I going <laughs> to buy? Like, there's nothing. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, when you do lay it down that way, like it, it makes sense that yeah that that's kind of something they've been pushing towards so the next natural step is to just straight up like you know buy the organization kind of thing so um i am very curious and especially with all the like you said the smash controversy and all that kind of and and troubles that way um yeah where are they gonna is this going to be a sony exclusive platform like or will you see you know if if nintendo decides to play ball with with more tournament scene stuff like does sony you know sony presents uh, evo super smash brothers like is that like what we were saying last time what was it is uh (laughs) it's gonna be so weird to see you know microsoft presents a bethesda game launching first on playstation like 
that's going to be weird, but this could be mm-hmm. just as strange, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, seeing the Xbox logo on the show, it's just like, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? It's kumbaya. <laughs> we were living in that that realm. I mean, it is kind of funny because I think Evo has had some controversy as well, mm-hmm. uh, and right now live events are just not doing very well. So I'm assuming this was not a huge expense for Sony. Uh, the uh, Except for Smash, uh, Sony is really the primary platform for fighting, you know, the fighting community, mm-hmm. I'd say. So that's a good thing. Um, I mean, Killer Instinct, I think, is the only Xbox really focused fighter because it's on that platform. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, it, it is going to be interesting to see where it is. I don't think Nintendo really likes having more than just a few, like, unique events like what World Nintendo Championships, things like that, because mm-hmm. they don't like to tie themselves to a person. Right. They don't want to worry about somebody doing something stupid, saying something stupid, you know, accusations. They just don't want that drama. Uh, and you can kind of see how they don't even get behind, like, you know, what is it, Melee, which is their biggest game uh, for the fighting community. They don't even acknowledge it. And they don't want any people to use it. So I, I, I assume Sony would say, sure, you can bring your game. It's just probably not going to be a, a big feature for them because it doesn't make any sense that they would do that. But Sony doesn't own a fighting franchise either. Or could they? own a fighting franchise could they make an exclusive deal playstation (laughs) all-stars absolutely a lot of people are really like okay you guys own evo now let's bring back all-stars right we're gonna bring back all-stars but i don't i don't see that happening but i mean they kind of tekken is kind of like synonymous with sony you have a lot of fighting games that are just more synonymous with the sony brand even though they're not outright owned um I mean, when I think dead or alive and stuff like that, I always think Sony. Like it just has that kind of that that they have that 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 history. Um, so, it, like I said, it's a, it feels like a natural progression, but I just don't know what that's going to look like because it's just weird. From from a business standpoint, if if fighting games are already synonymous with Sony, I have to wonder why why they'd want to own it you know if, if evo's running itself sony's getting basically the publicity there because those games are either exclusive to a sony platform or really kind of associated with a sony platform uh you know where where is it business-wise where is it making sense mm-hmm. for their portfolio uh also i just came you know funny little scenario popped in my head of uh you know xbox could theoretically go and buy capcom and then own Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Another big draw for the Evo. Mark, you shut your horror that. mouth. Oh, wait, did I say that? That's not horrible. <laughs> no. That's horrible. That's oh, very yeah. professional me. <laughs> I, you know, but but it's it's realistic. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, Microsoft has some of the deepest yeah. pockets in the world and can basically do what they want. And they've shown that they can do what they want. And there's there's rumors. Uh, who's the rumor this week that they're, they are going after a couple of Japanese developers? Sega was one of them. I've heard them, yeah. It was yeah. one of them. Uh, so uh, it's 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 not outside the realm of possibility for another company, whether it's Xbox, Nintendo, or whoever, to to purchase. Like you said, Sony doesn't really have their own in-house first-party owned fighting franchise, so it's it's completely within the realm of possibility for any of these other companies to pull out of Evo to say, well, we don't want it. You know, now that Sony owns it, it's uh, we don't want to be promoted. It's it's such a weird business decision. I'm really curious how, like I said, it fits in their portfolio and their plans for the future. 
Yeah. I, the I have one thing I can think is that it was cheap. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's maybe it's goodwill because they want to show the because I mean, if they didn't save it, it could just go away. I mean, right. COVID has not made type of that type of business plan work really well. I mean, you just don't hear about a lot of events right now. But here's my here's my weird Todd like overarching prediction. I'm going to go with the exact opposite of Mark. I think Sony is going to partner with Capcom and make Capcom versus PlayStation. Ooh, that would be a lot of fun. That could be awesome. That that would take PlayStation All Stars to the next level, and you have oh man, that be, that would be awesome. Like that would be really really fun to see to be able to have Ryu versus uh you know like um Paul Rapper the Rapper or something crazy <laughs> like that. that would be <laughs> yeah. Ryu versus uh versus Nathan Drake. Let's go. Yeah, or Tekken. I, I mean, the Parappa the Rapper is the first one that you came out with. That's, oh, he's got to go. Got to go. Keep yeah. punch. Master, <laughs> what is it, Master Onion guy? Yeah, yeah, mm. gotta love it. Yeah, that's the best. So, Mark, uh, Ubisoft had an event, or no, it was Ubi, it was Square Enix. Sorry, Square, Square Enix. Enix. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so there weren't a lot of highlights from that game. There was a uh, uh, that Project Athea got a name was which was a Forspoken, which once again says Japanese yes. games have the mm-hmm. worst titles. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. is uh, <laughs> for sure some some weird, uh, yeah, always weird naming conventions. But yeah, one uh, one interesting thing that I think we saw was uh, like you said that um, you know. The, Earlier, uh, we were going to be talking a little bit more about Avengers. So Avengers got their full roadmap. Uh, I'm going to bring it up right now just so I have it in front of me. So March, we just got Operation Hawkeye, Future Imperfect. Also, we got the next-gen console upgrades, um, free upgrade path, blah, 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 uh, customizable harm rooms. And that was a weird partnership like brought to you by Intel or some shit that I read. Like, really? That was, I think so. Yeah, I, I remember seeing like an ad for that, and it was like brought to you by Intel. Core I what awesome. Is this? <laughs> yeah, like I don't. Anyway, um, so then they have spring. So they they're smart enough not to put any specific dates on this stuff, which I think is a brilliant move considering how delayed and messed up this game has been so far. Uh, so spring we have the the tachyon anomaly, which is their weird little way of saying you can play as any combination of your favorite heroes. So if anyone hasn't played this game and you thought you could jump in and be four different Iron Mans or three Captain Americas and a Hulk, uh, guess what? You couldn't. Everyone had to pick a different hero, so someone was going to be stuck with someone they didn't want to. Uh, So this is going to fix that. You can be four Iron Mans if you want to or three Captain Americas or whatever. doesn't matter. so that's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> then they also have the Red Room Takeover. So you can enter the Red Room, which is uh, you know Black Widow's uh, training area, I suppose, uh, with new themed Harm Room content. So that's basically just like the training stuff, but it's going to be Red Room themed, I suppose. Maybe tie in with the movie, I guess, if that ever comes out. Uh, and they're going to get new hero outfits. Uh, so one... I don't know exactly when this is going to drop, but they did also say there's going to be um, in the additional content and features uh, outfits inspired by the MCU, which is awesome because I don't know about how you guys feel, but the uh, for me, the costume design in this game has been I'm going to be nice and say hit or miss. (laughs) 
It's garbage. Let's just call it what it is. They're like the stand-ins. They're like the guys you hire that look like the guys, but not really. They're not It's Yeah, it's uh, like – yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, So, yeah, Summer and Beyond, we have the Cosmic Cube, new Scientist Supreme villain sector, uh, confront the unchecked power of the Cosmic Cube. Then we have Wasteland Protocol as a new Warzone mission type, uh, patrol mode. Um, beyond that, we have the War for Wakanda expansion, finally getting Black Panther in the game. That is going to be awesome. His cinematic was uh, was badass. Um, and like further out than that, uh, you know, we're get we are getting claws, a new villain, new power level increase, new hero outfits, all the regular stuff, uh, Wakanda jungle. Um, one thing I, I don't know if they touched on was like Wakanda was rumored to be the first, um, like the first raid kind of thing. So I, I don't know if that's actually going to be part of this. Uh, so it's, yeah, this is, it's kind of a weird, weird roadmap, but, uh, that's, that's what we have so far. One notable thing on it was no Spider-Man so far. That's the Sony exclusive. Um, so basically so far we've gotten two Hawkeyes and a Black Panther sometime beyond the summer as, as far as characters go. Um, Devin, you've just been jumping into this. I put this game on the back burner. Uh, when when Kate came out, I jumped in for like two minutes and I was like, you know what? I'm just waiting for the next gen upgrades. So I do plan. Mm-hmm. I, I just downloaded it yesterday back to my console. Uh, I do plan on jumping back in. Similar style to what you were saying. I'm just tackling the story beats. Uh, they've They've made grinding harder. They've made it more of a grind to level up your characters for a game that a lot of people say is is dying <laughs> or, you know, just just needs to be fixed. Uh, so, Devin, maybe we'll, we'll start with you. What are your feelings like? Is this roadmap enough? Does it matter or is are, like what what can they do at this point? I mean, they're approaching Anthem territory with this. At least uh-huh. we, we're getting more content. But it's like, why is this game even multiplayer? It feels very, very tacked on. It feels like somebody in the upper room is like, look here, games and service is a thing. I'm going to need you to go ahead and tack on some multiplayer yeah. real quick right? and make it happen. Because there, it, I don't even understand what's the point of grinding out the power levels. What's the point of like all of that in-game stuff? It just doesn't seem like it's going anywhere or even right. useful. Like the story content is the best part of this game. Like going through the actual story beats, they're really good. The mm-hmm. Kamala Khan story was fantastic. I enjoyed that very much. And then when that was done, I had absolutely zero desire to play this game multiplayer. Like, even when you're collecting the gear, like, it doesn't do enough to me to where I want to have builds because it doesn't affect the single player game enough to where it matters. And, and, and like I said, the there's no raid. The they look. Yeah, there's no raid. So what, what do I need multiplayer for? I just... I think it's cool, like the story content that we're getting, but it's like, what's the return? Like, why? You, you, I don't see people buying battle passes, especially if I'm buying, you know, the cosmetic content that really looks. It does. It's not. It doesn't look good. I don't have any incentive personally to get any of it. Um, the gear you get in game doesn't change the way you look, which I think they're kind of hinting at. It might. Um, they're looking into that, but I'm excited for you know Black Panther. Um, and since it's all 
all free. I'll I'll keep playing it when they keep dropping right. content, but right. it's not going to be something that I'm like, oh, I can't wait for that next Avengers content. No, it's like, okay, cool. I finished the story. Um, I'll play when Black Panther comes back, and then if Spider-Man or any other characters drop, I'll, I'll play it when it comes. But you're not going to get a dime out of me buying any of the stuff off the store. It's just not going to happen. So yeah. I don't know where this game goes from here. I don't know how they continue to keep a player base unless they start to add some kind of raid or something to actually entice the multiplayer, but just grinding out levels for the sake of grinding out levels to get some gear that doesn't really matter if you're not raiding. Like, uh, what's the point? Yeah. At, at least when you collected all the Korok seeds in Zelda, you got a golden poop. There's no golden <laughs> poop at the end of this game. No, no. You know, there's nothing. It's just, hey, can you, whatever, you know, caps maxed. Go work on Thor. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the point of maxing him out is. To be perfectly honest, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know the point. Honestly, what you don't want Hulk's iconic spine upgrades? I don't even want to play with Hulk. <laughs> I hate playing with Hulk. Playing with Hulk in Iron Man is so worst. Oh, thank you. Yes, I. How many times have I complained that they should learn something from Anthem with this game? Which is a weird thing to say, but at least Anthem got friggin' Iron Man right. Uh, you know, Jesus, they can't like, yeah, <laughs> the monetization of this game is so weird because you are, to your point, you're paying. I mean, maybe that's why they made the characters look so bad because you have to pay for the cosmetic <laughs> upgrades. I mean, basically get this iconic suits, but really, yeah, I mean, suits that's are awful. Yeah. They're awful. I mean, that's, that's, like, that's, let me, let me, you paid for a Marvel license and got all of the D level stuff. Oh. Like, yeah, and Fortnite's got better Marvel content anyway, so it's like, what? It doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. Like Marvel's like, hey, we made our money off the licensing. We don't have to. We don't have to care about this game, which is the biggest sin in the world because it's essentially the biggest license in the world, and this is what you got. Which you know, as a huge comic book fan over the years, there's. I, I, there are so many iconic villains, even just B tier, C tier, D tier villains they could have brought in. And what are we getting constantly? Generic robots. We got yeah. like two bosses, generic bo- robots. It's just a waste of the license. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't understand how their hero roadmap. Like, like I said before. Give me a bow and arrow. I'm happy with Hawkeye, but only give me one Hawkeye. You're giving me back to back Hawkeyes, like. Where's Where's Falcon? Where's Winter Soldier? Oh, they have Mark, a TV show coming Hawk out. Guy and Hawk Gal. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, Hawk throw guy throw Vision my way. Throw right. someone. Like, give me, and, give like, me Quake. You, know. you, you made mention of Quake. Right? You threw her in the game. Bring her out as a character. Like the, yes. there's so many more ways they can go. But like you said, we we get Hawk Guy and Hawk Girl. Basically, <laughs> just like a, a mirror image of the character. So yeah. it's yeah. like, what's the point? And then you uh, give me Black Panther way down the road if I'm even mm-hmm. still paying any attention to your game. Thank goodness he wears a mask, because if he takes that mask off, I'm worried who we're going to get. It's going to be like the, it's it's not going to be uh, you know, it's not going to be who we want. It's not going to be Chadwick. No. It's going to be like Eddie Murphy or, or like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Martin Lawrence. Maybe. But not like know. not like good Eddie Murphy. No, He's going to no, take gonna the mask like off and it's going to be. It. <laughs> it's gonna be a clump exactly yeah, it's gonna be a clump yeah. it's the name of this oh, uh, episode yeah it's be a clump uh but um yeah i mean we've got wandavision that just launched we've got uh, you know falcon the were soldier and where is the synergy there's none at all it's just mm-hmm. it's a waste yeah 
Oh boy. Sorry. I, I got a little excited. But you know what? I did buy it off Gamefly for 16 bucks, so I'm going to try this because I never pl- – I, I rented it before. But you know what? I will. This will probably be a game like Destiny at times where I just jump back in every once in a while. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's a way to keep this game – it's not going to survive that way. Not with me coming in every once in a while. Uh, it's, and its monetary system is just not there where you don't have recurring funds like uh, uh, Fortnite Season Pass or things like that. So, right. man. Oof. Oof. Sorry, Square Enix. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Todd, what do you have for us? Well, this is kind of a surprising news story. It's really interesting because it seems like a strategy we're seeing more and more with PlayStation is recruit or attract really awesome uh, developers who have been screwed by systems or, or platforms <laughs> that didn't appreciate them. You know, we had Kojima who was basically Konami decided just to make pachinko machines. And so, uh, uh, you know, Kojima was there wanting to make more games. And Sony says, we'll float you. We'll pay. We'll be, we'll produce this game for you. We'll pay you to make this game. We'll let you use our engine. Um, and you just make an awesome game and it can go to PC as well. Very friendly. To, I mean, anybody who, who it makes Kojima happy tells you that they're not going to meddle. Because at that point, Kojima wasn't going to let anybody meddle with him. And he made Death Stranding, which was the weirdest game in the world, which I still haven't touched. I, I I heard it's interesting. But it's like a Jenga messenger game where you have to balance stuff and not fall over. Not for me. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> I think I got that. I think I, that's the exact uh, definition of that game. But, um, but Jade Raymond uh, was just basically announced that she's creating a new studio uh, called Haven. And is going to be developing a PS PlayStation exclusive game that will also be on PC um, because she essentially has been screwed by two companies, essentially. Uh, I guess you would call it LucasArts EA at that point. They were going to make – I think she formed Motive, which finally made Star Wars Squadrons, right? Yeah. And then after that, she went to Stadia, uh, formed a studio, and after two years has nothing to show for it. Except the mm-hmm. team, I think largely she moved over. So if you think about that, as a creator, you only have so many years of creative life and energy going forward. And you're only as hot as your last game they developed for. And I think the last game she really was tied to was Watch Dogs. Because she worked on Assassin's Creed, really helped that series, brought forward Watch Dogs, and then Star Wars Squadrons. Which was good, but didn't set the world on fire. So... And she's probably what you know, two, what two to three years before her next game comes out, if it even comes out as soon as possible. I guess she's she's gonna. But Sony has basically made a deal with her to have this game, her exclusive, come out. And to me, that's a positive because she can finally make a game without having to worry about politics and things. It's fully funded. Funded. Sony's not gonna you know flake on her. And um, Sony gets once again a game not coming from one of their internal studios, which is exclusive. So for me, it's a win-win. It's mm-hmm. it's a different strategy than Xbox or, or, or Nintendo. Nintendo does some of those things, like with a what, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. They do some odd projects, like uh, the um, uh, I'm thinking the blanking the name the uh, the witch lady who fights with oh, Bayonetta. 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 They do things like that. So I think it's a different strategy than Xbox does, and I think it could work. Uh, and once mm-hmm. again, puts a feather in Sony's cap. So I'm excited about this because I want to see her make a game. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about it too. I'm glad that she's finally getting the chance to just make a game instead of you know 
companies constantly stepping in and saying, oh, no, you got to do this. And they're being like, well, what we're trying to do here is this. We're not trying to go that way. So either let me make the game that my team wants to make, which is when you're going to get the best stuff, when you allow the team to be creative and create instead of trying to force an agenda. Hello, Avengers. Um, <laughs> just let people make the game. So I think Sony's ready. Like you said, it's a very different strategy. They can't afford to buy studios, but they can't afford to back a game and let you make a game that can then flourish on their system. I'll let Death Stranding like that game did very well and is also on PC. So they're able to be able to generate revenue from both you know the console exclusive because it's going to sell consoles it's going to move consoles hopefully as well as on the pc side of it so we know jay raymond can make a game it's just up to somebody to let her actually do it yeah do you guys think this is risky from sony's uh side at all or you know, do you they just think they don't really matter especially announcing it this early um, you know, they, they probably could have done this under the table sight unseen. Like you said, we're still years away. Like this is, uh, you know, stadia, the stadia news is pretty new. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's pretty, very little hope that they have anything at this point. So is Sony just buying vaporware or, uh, you know, or, or do they, has she built up the same kind of trust as Kojima or someone else that, that you can kind of, you know, count on the name, uh, is 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 Jade Raymond a big enough name? Do you guys think uh, that she brings that same kind of clout that a Kojima production? Like, do people do people care? Is, you know, a Jade Raymond production is is that a thing, or are they trying to make it a thing, or is it you know uh, is Fetch going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> it went there. Ooh. See, I, mean, I feel like it's it's making, you know, it's it's just goodwill. It's showing that there is some goodwill that Sony is willing to work with you and allow you to create. I think that's the only real thing. It is definitely risky because this could be, like you said, it's several years off. We're not going to see anything from this. It's going to be like one of those. It's like Sony's E3 where they showed us everything and then it took 37 years for anything to actually right. come to fruition. So I think this is kind of in that same that same vein. It shows the goodwill, but honestly, let's just forget about it until it actually we're shown, we're shown something. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely risky. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember when, good for her though. Like, yeah, I remember awesome. when uh, Kojima left uh, Konami, and then uh, he announced his studio, and then he said he was looking for partners. He was telling everybody he's looking for engines. It was like this weird, like world trotting, mm-hmm. like why is Kojima in Paris? What is he doing? <laughs> and then it was announced there was a, 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 a commitment to work with Sony. And the I think where Sony really uh, accelerates this is they're very collaborative studios. I mean, letting Kojima work with basically the, uh, what is it, the Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, that, that engine's really effective. And he was able to accelerate. And I think people thought his game was going to come out for like eight years. Mm-hmm. It came out in three. So, and That's I'm true. just curious of how much work she did on Stadia that she could just transfer over. Is it going to be the same type of idea? Can she even do that? Is there, I mean, I'm guessing Stadia basically said at this point, we're letting you go. We're not in having an intention of you for using, uh, being a developer of games. So mm-hmm. go crazy, but we'll see if it's something she was already working on. She can transfer yeah. it over there. Use that new engine. Yeah. And I mean, we don't know, we don't know the back end 
no. parts of this too. Like Sony could have come in with their money and say, look, we were, we're buying the assets too. Yeah. Uh, and that could be a hush hush kind of thing. Like, you know, they're, they're right now they're saying like, Hey, Jade Raymond, yeah, go exclusive, whatever. But like in the, in the background, they could be talking to Google and saying like, you know, we want these assets. We want yeah. anything that she was working on. Uh, mm-hmm. to be ours you know we, you guys aren't using it clearly so how much do we have to give you for you to shut the hell up about this forever and these assets are ours uh, so we we don't know that part of it right or i don't i, I don't think we do I, I haven't seen that part come up so um so yeah you could be right like this could be a depending on how much they have already or how much they're allowed to use we could see this in two or three years or we could see this in eight um we'll see and then Jade Raymond's looking for a new uh, partner. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I mean, ultimately, Sony's not uh, afraid to form relationships long term and then acquire. So Naughty Dog, Insomniac, things like that. So it could be down the road where she appreciates the relationship, the the hands off creatively. They allow their people to basically do what they want. I mean, Sony's banked studios to make games that are just ridiculous, like Dreams. Media Molecule has never so made Molecule, a money maker. Yeah. Right. They're still allowed mm-hmm. to do crazy things. So maybe that's uh, attractive enough that they basically said. Uh, and I think that's where they, they set the bar earlier than, say, Xbox did. No, Xbox is being the one that's basically saying we're hands off. So it's great mm-hmm. to see so many more uh, platform holders basically saying we just want people to be creative and we're going to give you the time and money and the pressure is off. So, yeah, yeah, I think this is exciting news. I mean, Amy Henning, come on. We're just waiting for you to make another game because. Crap, she's been out of the business for a long, long time. So mm-hmm. more to come. Can we bring Amy Henning to the studio. Can we get Shannon Studstill back? Oh yeah, Steady as well. Like there's just there's so many floating names out there that we can mm-hmm. bring in and, and make something nice. Hopefully, absolutely. We want creators to have a home where they can develop and not have to worry about you know budgets and things like that and just be crunch. Creative. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we made it through the news. And now we are at the point of the bonus round. This is a topic or a game. This week, week it's a topic. And we are covering backwards compatibility versus remasters versus remakes. So very quickly, Mark, Devin, mm-hmm. um, what is your definition uh, for these? So basically, um, I've got a couple of definitions here, but do you, I don't know if, if we've changed these definitions because essentially technology is kind of – kind of stepped us through these things and lowered the the bar of difficulty so backwards compatibility we'll hit that first so basically it's basically hardware allowing you to play your old games uh it's very simple typically with no enhancements or anything in the past i I, my examples were like playstation one games working on playstation 2 gamecube games Mm -hmm. working on Wii. uh sometimes you got like a little bit of a bump but nothing much but now we've got backwards compatibility uh, basically improving resolution and frame rate through mm-hmm. optimized for Xbox Series X, uh, FPS boost, and also seeing improvements on PS5. So any other thoughts on backwards compatibility, like examples where it was done well? Uh, you know, what, What's your take on backwards compatibility? It's definitely moved into a different era. Um, it used to be like, man, just let me play my games that I already own. And now it's like, let me play my games that I already own, but make them better. Mm-hmm. It can be good, but it's better. Uh, so it, it's it's really weird that, that we're starting to see that because, yeah, you have all of the optimized for a Series X stuff. Like, they, I mean, they have auto HDR. They've got the frame rate boost. They've got the, the resolution. On PS5, you'll get something like God of War 
that actually just gets a patch that gives it the 60 frames with a dynamic 4K resolution or whatnot. So we're getting to the realm where backwards compatibility is is beginning to mean a little bit different because you're actually able to just patch these games and improve upon them. Almost like if you got a PC and you put in a new GPU or a new CPU, now that boosts the ability of what your game can do. So we're starting to, to kind of muddle the waters there of what, what backwards compatibility means to me anyway. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it, it's almost calling for another category. Uh, I, I've heard it tossed around before, like free free masters, mm-hmm. uh, where they uh. don't really do anything. You don't pay for it again. It's just a free kind of upgrade or update that, whether it is you know hardware or software, or some kind of improvement of some some way that they're they're optimizing the performance or adding something to it like auto hdr um so i would yeah still count those as backwards compatible but it's like backwards compatible plus uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing so it's it's um but yeah i I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with yeah that that kind of broad definition but uh definitely agree with with devin where it's the lines are being a little blurred between remaster and free master and backwards compatible it's it's a a bold new world. Yeah, and, and and we've had different support, different platforms have their different focus. I mean, you had what, uh, you know, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, they could play those games. They had a mm-hmm. port for the carts. Uh, then you went to DS, still play GBA. Uh, then DS went to 3DS, and then there's a break. Kind of the same thing mm-hmm. with Nintendo. You didn't get backwards compatibility on Nintendo consoles until the Wii. Because the mm-hmm. GameCube was the first one that could play on a Wii, and then it mm-hmm. went to Wii U, and then it stopped with the Switch. PlayStation, the same thing. PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PS3 a little bit, and then they stopped. Uh, Xbox yeah. said, well, if you want to play Xbox 360 or online or anything, basically they stopped for a while. And then Xbox One essentially brought back backwards compatibility in a very prominent fashion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. PC has always been backwards compatibility. I mean – all your libraries always traveled for you because of the platform, the x86 processor. So it's always been a little different. But now is your point. Now we're getting games that are improved, which is great. It's awesome. But once again, Sony's this is their first generation really doing the improvement. And they're stumbling along the way in the different ways they implement it. Xbox is doing smart delivery. It's much more seamless and it's smarter. And uh, wow. I mean, you could tell they're software developers by heart. So it's cool yeah. to see yeah. Uh, then we'll move on. We'll go through these, basically. We just want to walk through these really quick. Remasters slash enhanced ports. Do you guys think that's accurate? So, because we've seen a couple different approaches to this. So, this says, basically, retains most of the original content with modern touch-ups to its visual and mechanical fidelity. Remasters leave most of the base game intact. So, examples would be Last of Us Remastered, Spyro Collection... Mm-hmm. And Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Each one of those does drastically different things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a, I think that's a good kind of categorization, especially where, where you threw in enhanced ports as well as remasters. So uh, that's where you do get something like the Super Mario 3D All-Star collection, where for the most part the games are untouched uh you know bumped up a little bit graphically but you know the control improvements not really there it's still a little clunky for uh super mario 64 um you know translating a button 
for the C buttons to a stick is still very clunky kind of experience where I would say a remake would completely, you know, put that in an Odyssey engine or a Bowser's Fury type engine where the camera is just free roaming and, and you can kind of run around with a little bit more um, speed and, and fidelity of, of movement. Um, so I think that's a pretty decent definition. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that I, when you when you said Super Mario 3D All Stars, I was thinking about Super Mario All Stars on the Super Nintendo because it had the other ones and they were actually completely like up-res and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I it made me realize, oh wow, we've had remasters since way back then. I didn't even realize it. Um, but yeah, remasters. I think this is this is like a perfect idea of what what they really are. Um, just like that visual touch up. Um, and leaving the game pretty much intact, which is why the line is so blurred, because we have that through backwards compatibility optimization now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's a good transition point, because I'm going to actually mention that game in the next category, which is remake, remakes or reboots. Because you see reboots and remakes in, 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 in Hollywood. I mean, and you could uh, all these kind of things kind of exist like it remasters in Hollywood be like we touched up the print. We made it so you could put it into an HD format on Blu-ray. That would be like a remaster. You just basically made it so it looks the best it could ever look. Uh, But remakes, kind of like the Psycho remake, which essentially was a shot-for-shot remake that wasn't black and white, but it was made by a different director. Um, Or a reboot, which is basically we want to take that title or that franchise and rethink it or reimagine it. So there's different ways of thinking about this. So basically they say it's updating the graphics and sound for modern hardware, often taking liberties with the original source. So to your point, I mean, it's basically we're not just going to make a one-for-one translation, like a remaster, and just make it look better. We're potentially going to change it. And that would be examples would be Resident Evil 2, which revamped the entire game's camera system. It basically changed some of the storyline and improved some of the audio plus all the, the other mechanical differences to make it more of a tight game and, and, and more of up to modern standards. Uh, Final, Final Fantasy VII Remake, holy crap, it's a, like a completely yeah. different game yeah. by a different director that you know basically said, we're going to take the, the concept of the story, but it is not entirely at all like the original game but with some similar story beats uh, but the other examples are like ratchet and clank that was like the original playstation game brought up to modern day standards mm-hmm. uh but not really you know it, it still is the heart of that series doom 2016 i mean came out of nowhere because last one we had doom 3 which was like monster mm-hmm. closets so it's kind of revisiting the original and bringing up today's standards and then super mario all-stars seven so very good pick because, like we said, that game basically took the originals and put them in SNES graphic styles. And I don't know, though, with that series, if I have much experience, did it change the gameplay at all? No, uh, not really. It was the same, no, I, same yeah. Mario gameplay, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd put that more up to remasters almost. Or yeah, it, it's somewhere because they didn't, yeah, they didn't change a significant portion of that one. It was just kind of uh, increasing the visuals, but but keeping the mechanics. Yeah, there's yeah. another category called re-releases, too. It's almost like, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we just want you to be able to play these games again. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's almost right. like a virtual, it's like a virtual console, right? It's just like, here's the game again, you can play them. We didn't touch it at all. So yeah. it's almost like the a Nintendo category. 
Absolutely. The Nintendo, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The Nintendo yeah. special. We're letting you buy it again in another platform. It's kind of like that's their <laughs> modus operandi. Yeah. So it's interesting how all of these are different, and we're in a different state now where we have been before because the in the like in the last generation maybe PS yeah PS3 P and, and last generation we had a lot of the remasters right just so you could play those games again. Is that era is that era dead is that era done? Or will we see some of that continued with older games that just they're kind of unplayable and they just can't be up, you know, up resed or, or improve the frame rate? Oh, that's a tough call. I feel like it's dead from a Microsoft standpoint because they're like, we're just going to make everything playable and better. From Sony, I feel like they're going to have to re still still remake games like I don't think that you're going to be able to play, especially because of the way the ps3 era was like if you want to replay infamous they're gonna have to remake it it's not gonna be like okay now ps3 games are backwards compatible so that entire library for the most part would have to have a remaster or a remake in order for it to be playable Mm -hmm. um just because of how weird that engine was how weird the 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 cell processor was so yeah it, it, we don't we don't, don't mention that that platform's name <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, oh. they're fighting an uphill battle oh boy yeah yeah uh yeah I, I think to that point um microsoft could go back and and do some some remakes i suppose if they really wanted to you know like go especially in their back the their rare catalog like if you look at some of the rare replay co- collection which again, is is basically a backwards compatible collection with a tiny touch of remastering uh, for a few of the games. But, you know, the, if they felt like putting some effort in, I think that would be the way they'd have to go is like going way back in that catalog. Uh, but for the most part, it seems like Microsoft is more interested in the preservation, which I respect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I for, for better or for worse, uh, they're they're seemingly really good at saying this is this is the game even with the the um you know uh, some of the releases they they've done there's a a button to switch between the old graphical style and the new graphical style they want you to know that and i I love when it's not just microsoft that that's done that um uh, what was it monster boy or or whatever it was that did that really really well uh wonder boy that's it um you know so there there have been examples of of teams that again kind of blur that line between is this a remaster or a complete remake or some kind of weird hybrid of the of the two um but you know microsoft seems to be really good at just like i said that preservation kind of thing of like here's how the game originally looked here's how it originally played we're going to make it a little bit smoother for you but for the most part like this is this is the archives you know this is this is what we're going for um and and yeah, the other companies, you never know what you're going to get. You know, you could get um, for for every Super Mario 3D collection, there's uh, you know the oh, what was the uh, Legend of Zelda um, Link Between Worlds or no? Uh, not, yes, what was that, the the, the, the other that was one that was like the Link to the Past where they had the where you can fall into the wall? That one or is there no the the one they just remade for Switch? Um, it was the Game Boy game. Oh, Link's Awakening. Uh, Link's Awakening. Thank you. Uh, that completely escaped my mind. But you know, for so for every time Nintendo, uh, you know, sticks a, a seventy dollar price tag on a super old game that they've hardly changed, they also 
do that kind of weird stuff. So there to me, they're probably the most interesting company just because they have a, the, the massive back catalog, but also right. you never know what you're going to get. Um, I was talking about this episode with my wife earlier and she was saying, you know, I would, she, she would absolutely love an Ocarina of Time remake straight up, like whether Breath of the Wild engine or just, you know, make it look prettier. And then she stopped and was like, well, no, I kind of love the original, but like maybe they could fix a couple of things, but maybe they shouldn't. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that tough thing between preservation and uh and and making something playable so um yeah it's it's tough it's really tough yeah i mean i I just go throw the example of the morrowind that's a great example of preservation but no amount of fps boost making horrible textures look that much crisper (laughs) is going to make it a more a better experience it's quality of life gets to a point save points you know i talked about save anywhere things like that checkpoints in games used to be brutal camera systems used to be horrible um i talk about the uh, i was very disappointed in the uh, 3d all-stars version because those are essentially enhanced ports they were hd because they were up-resed but we've seen what you can you know how many times you've seen like someone puts zelda in the unreal engine 4 mm-hmm. with better camera beautiful textures and <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, that's what I want. In nostalgia, mm-hmm. what you remember is awesome, but it doesn't necessarily when you actually see it on the screen again, you're like, oh, crap, my memory was better than that. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious how far back you can go when, you know, that works. Is it the 360 era? It's going to be OK. Yeah. I'd say so. The the best the best remakes or remasters or whatever you want to call them are the ones that make the game look and feel like it did in your mind back when you played them and you you play that and you go this feels exactly the same as it always did this is perfect and then you go back and play the original version you're like what the actual hell was this and how did it trick my brain into the remaster feeling and playing exactly like it should like the tony hawk games are are a great example tony hawk one and two like if you go back and play tony hawk one the original it it like no, but when you when you play it in this this uh, remake or remaster collection or whatever you'd classify that one as kind of a weird one for that too, um, you know it's it feels right. You know it still feels like you always thought that game felt, but it's 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 new. So it's yeah, it it's so weird how your your brain can trick yourself into seeing games better feeling you know games feeling better and and then you know you so it and it's tough if one little thing is off in a remake or a remaster especially the remaster part remake they they kind of have you know full range to do whatever they want but for a remaster it it is it is so easy to mess it up and and so tough to to nail the the perfect mix of modernization and nostalgia and any team that can pull that off is like congratulations you guys win all of my money so yeah it's it's uh it's tough but i i think i personally i like the remaster kind of thing for those kind of games because yeah like i said it, it brings that nostalgia back which is which is big for me yeah i'm with you like i don't need a remake of infamous i'll take a remaster so yeah that that ps3 360 era i think that is like 
where you as far back as you can go as far as a remaster because those games they look good enough to where if you 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 put a nice coat of paint on them yeah you fix the frame rate a couple of animations or whatnot and just remaster it but keep it you know pretty much honest to what it already was and Mm. you're good but when you start going back to like ps2 ps1 og xbox n64 yeah yeah. you Mm. gotta remake that because when you look at those games it's just like oh what was that how did that even work i this was what i was playing like yeah (laughs) that just needs to be remade and like final fantasy 7 is is like i think a really good example of that like when i go back and i actually play that i'm just like oh my god this thing is it looks it looks horrible like what no and i have such fond memories and playing through the remake was like this is what i remember this is legit like i'm playing this i'm like this is what i remember this feels like the same final fantasy that i played when he jumped off that train this is what i remember in my brain um but then if you try to play the original you're like oh Oof, that was rough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think anything from that era and, and literally just like that 32 and 64 bit generation, those you got to remake. 16 bit, 8 bit, y'all can leave them alone and just yeah. port them. Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. they weren't really they weren't stretching. They were they were pushing, they were advancing in, you know, in some of those things. I mean, you could obviously like put in safe safe states. You could do things like mm. rewind or things like that which make it quality of life. That's easy mm. overlay. You could saw that with Nintendo um online, their games, you had co-op. So that's a great way to preserve it but also make it more mm. fun. Cuz I think nobody wants to like, oh crap, you know, I didn't save the code to get my save state on my NES game. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that is are... one thing I don't think Nintendo gets credit for with the, the Switch Online stuff is mm-hmm. a lot of those games have online multiplayer. Uh, the save states are fantastic. Yep. Like Absolutely. a lot of time it's just like, you know, oh, yeah, they're charging, you know, 20 bucks a year or five bucks a pop for a backwards compatibility kind of thing. But like these really are more in the remaster enhanced port category. Like they're they're putting in some effort for these, especially mm-hmm. on the Switch. Like. Yeah, we made fun of the the Wii to Wii U upgrade fee and all that kind of shit, and that was BS back then, especially you know like, but um, but nowadays like they're they're putting in minimal effort for twenty bucks a year. Yeah, twenty bucks a year ain't bad. Neither to be able to have that much of an NES and SNES library without the ridiculousness of having to write down the 25 digit code to get back to where you were in Metroid. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, yeah. If you, you better hope that noise throws away that piece of paper. Oh right? my goodness. <laughs> but it is funny because people are even getting nostalgic in like uh PC with like world of Warcraft, world of Warcraft classic. Oh my. Yeah. So you can uh, go back to like an old MMO, which is just like, hello. I mm-hmm. want to play wow. Vanilla. So bad. But uh, my life is not set up in, or equipped for that at this point because the amount of hours that I would you, you aren't ready to get rid of children. Stay, leave me alone <laughs> oh, for 25 man. hours. Oh. It's written on his calendar. He has a calendar like kids are uh, gone to college, and that's it. No just, way. Yeah. Family. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Shut down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, those were good times. Yeah. So it is, it, you know, it, it really depends on the leap we've made. And I think PS3 and Xbox 360 finally conquered all of the pains of like 3D, you know, cameras and things like that. So I think that's where it's like that, that, that really, it's like that awkward teen years, pimples and 
smelly and stinky kids on the PS2 and 64 and, you know, the OG Xbox. Once you get past that, yeah, the remasters make more sense. Probably the reboot, the remake of like the, you know, Perfect Dark, right? We're getting a reboot of that, Mm -hmm. I guess. So, yeah, we're seeing more of that where it makes sense. The even just the when something's not working anymore, like the God of War we get essentially the reboot because we need to reset this because we want a new creative vision. So I think that all these things are up for grabs. So it's really interesting, but yeah, um, I don't think there's one, um, one thing that fits all, but I think I'm glad we have all these options. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So last question, what game do you want to come back in a way that you can best enjoy it now? Metal. Gear Solid. Gears? <laughs> yeah. That is the one game that I'm just waiting for them to say we're remaking Metal Gear Solid. That that mm. it wasn't included in like the trilogy as a remaster when they did the, the Metal Gear Solid remaster where they had Metal Gear Solid two, three, Peace With Walker. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I wanted I wanted Metal Gear Solid one. I wanted that one. And they just that I'm still waiting. So that's the one game. I got my Final Fantasy VII because that was the game of dreams that I wanted to to see remade after them showing the PS3 tech demo of Final Fantasy VII. Now I need now I need my Metal Gear. That that's that's the one game I want to see come well, back. Oscar Isaac is gonna play Snake, right? So maybe mm-hmm. that's not, he can just be the the face of Metal Gear. I'm I'm with it. Make it happen. Mark. Uh, oh man. I'd love to just like be a massive troll and just say wave race uh, right now. <laughs> I, really? I, I always go talk back to about wave race. That, I know right? I've never brought it up on the show before. <laughs> uh, if I say cool spot, someone just called bingo. Um, so, no, I, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, with with Ocarina. Actually, I, I would love. Um, I think a full remake. I don't even know if at this point I want a remaster. Maybe I do. Maybe I just want enhanced visuals. And, and the, leave the story. The I was gonna say, well, like en- enhanced, enhanced visuals. You guys are cramping my style. Uh, no, it's like <laughs> something like, like that. Like, we need to enhance the visuals, and eventually the enhance, enhance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think I, I think you know, Bill, like like you said, we we've seen that game in Unreal, like recreated and that kind of stuff. But there's when when it's fan made or fan recreated, there's always just something off a little bit. And, and but I think Nintendo could actually do it the right way and uh, and, and remake that. But I, I'd also love uh, Mario 64. Um, yes. We just talked about how Are, it's tough to go back. I ever tell you back. I love you? Uh, <laughs> all the time, buddy. That's why I have that tattoo of you on my back right above the dolphin. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we we saw in in uh, Mario Odyssey how great the Mushroom Kingdom can look from from 64, and that uh, was such a tease, right? It was such a like just just remake that game in the Odyssey engine and just just charge me ninety dollars and I'll be happy and broke. But like, just do it. I don't know. <laughs> like, there's so. <laughs> Just pick a random N64 game, really, like Jet Force Gemini. Just take my money, Xbox. Like, let's let's go. I don't know. I want a reboot of that one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, that uh, one needs a reboot. Somebody. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Todd? Uh, I have two. Um, so Parasite Eve. I think everybody wants that because it's a cool game. 
it's really interesting. Square in the PS1 era did so many crazy, interesting, weird experiments, and I would just love to see them go back to that. I don't know if they ever will, but I think Parasite Eve is just a series that just um, was kind of let down. I mean, it was really exciting because of the, the audio and things, but it just – the visuals just kind of like – it was impressive at the time, but now it's kind of like, ooh, pixely, weird graphics. So um, I, I would love to see that. And the other game is Legacy of Kane, the original, not oh, not all the other ones, but Legacy of Kane was such a weird game, but did so many cool things at the time. We talk about Amy Henning and all, and then Dennis Dyack. They were just such a weird creative entity on that and Crystal Dynamics. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that come back and maybe let it morph into Soul Reaver and things like that. But yeah, I would. I think that game needs more attention because it was really awesome for the time. Cool. Absolutely. I'd love to see. Oh, you, you just set my brain on like a, a weird path to um, like Eternal Darkness. But I think they'd have to fully remake oh, yeah. that because you couldn't just remaster it because TVs like that did so many things to mess with the TV. But it, it would look like the effects would look like an old CRT TV. So like with the volume turning down, all that kind of stuff, like I don't think that it would work with with modern TVs as as well as it did back then. But like if you. And to the game that you were talking about, the the um, Pony Island, like that, mm-hmm. that yeah. even kind of reminded Playing me with of, your mind. of some of those weird little mind trips that, you know, I think that series could come back and just be like, you know, we're just going to mess with you for a couple of hours and it's going to be weird. And this is the new Eternal Darkness. Here you go. Um, I think that'd be cool. Like there's oh, there's so many old games that they, yeah, could, they could do that with. You made me start thinking about like Onimusha. I want to see oh, like, oh my Nazi god, yes. can I get a reboot of that remake of that, please? Because I loved that series. Well, they and what they, they did with it just was wrong. I was that gonna re- say that they, they released that wrong. one that was on remastered and wasn't very good. And yeah, that's the wrong way to that's the wrong way. Give me Onimusha in the style of like Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, god, can, so can, we, can we marry those together, please? <laughs> God, see, that's where like Capcom. I mean, they just need someone to tell them just to re relook at your past. Uh, yeah. Mark, with with Eternal Darkness, I just worry that Nintendo they've kind of abandoned almost. But I mean, every time I think they've abandoned 100%. their mature roots, they make a Bayonetta, which I just don't understand. Or No More Heroes. So it's like I, why not? Or just give that IP away and let somebody else manage it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, well. Well, that is it for the show, everyone. Uh, thank you for jo- joining us on this really fun journey we've had. Devin, my goodness, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, we went places you probably weren't expecting, but that's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Had a great time. Loved it. Well, but before we leave, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. All right, you can find me at Dat Ninja Dev on Twitter and pretty much all of your different gaming platforms of choice. You can also follow uh, PlayStation Experience at PSX at PlayStation XP on Twitter, as well as at Game Tech Pod uh, for the Game Tech Show and just all the PSVG stuff. Just just follow at PSVG. We we've got a, a ton a ton of content. So just just check us out. We're we're all over the place. If if you like Discord, we've got one of those as well and there's constant chitter chatter in there. Oh. So good, oh. so good. We are big fans of all of your content. Um really love what you guys do and once again, um yeah, check them out guys. Uh you get a 
podcast on every type of platform you enjoy. So, and if you don't like one, listen to another one because there it's all there. So mm-hmm. awesome. Thanks again, Devin, for being on. Uh, Mark, tell people how they can find us. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at SecretFriendsU. You can follow myself and Todd at the underscore Canardian or at T Oxtra. I'll let you figure out which one's which. Uh, you can subscribe and rate us on YouTube and the podcast services around the globe. And we also have T-shirts for sale at T Public, and all the proceeds for those go to a charity that's near and dear to Charlie's heart and uh, and the rest of us. We're, we're all involved in the, the T-shirt sales and all that kind of stuff. So uh, So that's it. We're everywhere. Awesome. Yes. And Charlie will get mad because we didn't mention the specific charity, Mark. So shame on us. Ha ha. I just do that to mess with them. Absolutely. So there you go, folks. This has been a fun episode. Follow Devin, follow us. And remember, it's always better to game together. <laughs>